Hi there. You're listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast, where we help emerging leaders get unstuck so that they can start creating opportunities. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I've helped hundreds of emerging leaders as a certified career counselor and a personal and professional development nerd. I love sharing big ideas and stories of how emerging leaders like you have gone from feeling stuck to creating huge opportunities in their personal and professional lives. So join me as I talk to subject matter experts and other emerging leaders about opportunity creating best practices and repeatable actions that you can apply to your life today so that you can get unstuck and start creating opportunities. If you were to ask Josh Hoosman 12 years ago where he'd be today, he would not have given you the correct answer. His path has led to many unexpected outcomes. At one point, Josh thought he would be a Hollywood actor, and then at another stage, he was convinced he would live in Southern California for the rest of his life. But now, Josh is leading as the pastor of Mercy Road Church in Carmel, Indiana. Even when Josh knew he was headed back to Indiana to plant a church, he had no idea that it would end up actually being five churches and also supporting 20 plus other churches in the state of Indiana as they were planted. And he has some advice for emerging leaders like yourself who are trying to figure out their calling or their career or just the next steps within their life. Focus on figuring out today. You don't have to wait until you have your calling figured out to start doing good work right where you are at. Josh has also discovered that he does not have to be afraid of making wrong decisions. Life is actually long, but is short at the same time. It's actually life is very long and there are plenty of opportunities to grow into your purpose. You don't have to be afraid that a wrong decision you make today is going to absolutely ruin your future career, your future relationships, or everything about your life. There's always more chances for more opportunities to grow into your purpose. He's also learned that it is more important to focus on the growth of the entire forest instead of concentrating on growing a single large tree. And he's done this by taking a more decentralized approach to church while empowering the emerging leaders that are in his organization to use their talents and strengths. And I think that's a talent and a strength of Josh himself. So if you're trying to figure out your long-term goals for your career or relationships, business, etc., this episode will give you some great next steps for where to start. So I'm excited to talk to Josh. Let's get to it. Well, hey, Josh. Good to talk to you today. Always good to see you. Listeners, this is, I, I guess I'll consider you, Josh, my pastor since I attend Mercy Road. So getting to have a little chat, a one-on-one with my pastor, Josh. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. I'm so pumped. It's an honor. I can't believe I get to finally be on here. So thanks for, for asking. Well, I, I just really appreciate you and I'm sure that the listeners will as well. So I know a little bit about you. I've had the privilege of, of hearing about you and about your family and, and who you are, but listeners tell them what is actually important for them to know about you. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in Indiana and for me, I I went to DePaul University here in the Midwest and I actually found faith. I I became a Christian in college at DePaul and it was a radical life change for me. I ended up helping start multiple ministries and went to seminary grad school in Southern California in Pasadena and started working at a large church out there. And I've been pastoring for over two decades now and it's been a, 
a wild, a wild thing to experience. Never thought I'd be doing it. If you would have told my fraternity brothers in college, this is what I'd be doing. They would all laugh at you. <laughs> but 11 years ago, we moved back and planted a new church called Mercy Road Church that now there are, well, soon to be five Mercy Road churches here in Indiana. And we've helped plant over 20 additional churches through Multiply Indiana, a church planning network that we're a part of. So you know, we've got to, to see the entrepreneurial aspect of the, mm. the, the Christian faith over the last decade here in Indiana. I think that's something that I really appreciate about going to Mercy Road and, and just about you is, is that integration of the entrepreneurial action with, with faith and, and that church and, and this sort of this stuff can kind of coincide together. Yeah. And, and, Isn't it funny though? I, here's the thing on that day. Like, uh, like that's always how Christianity has been mm-hmm. in, you know, in the new Testament, in the Bible, Ephesians four talks about these five ministries that are always present in the church. It should be present in the church. And one of them is apostolic ministry, meaning the pioneering entrepreneurial side the early disciples that actually went out and started new ventures to reach new people mm. with the good news of Jesus. And I feel like in American Christianity, we lost a lot of that. And over the last 20 years, it's really been rekindled again. And and thank you for saying that, because that is a huge heart of what I feel like God has called us to do in the state. Mm. I, those different gifts, those five giftings, you know, apostles, shepherds, um, evangelist, teacher, what am I, prophet, prophet. Yeah. A pest. Yeah. There you go. I think one of the things when it comes to opportunity is in an area like church, you kind of expect a a certain type of person that will receive these opportunities or, or there's like a a set playbook. You have to do things Mm -hmm. in this one particular way. Um, but really you have brought a bunch of different people together on your staff, volunteers that have different giftings from you and that don't necessarily fit the direct, here's how you build a church playbook into a church of 5,000 plus. I guess, where does that, that come from? Because not Every single pastor that I've known has been able to plug people into their different areas based off of their gifting. Yeah. And I I think you're highlighting, we have an, one, it comes from intentionality. It's Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen magically, but you're talking about the decentralized approach of empowering the priesthood of all believers is what we would refer to, you know, in the New Testament and where it comes from really, believe it or not, the Bible you see a very decentralized approach in the Bible. They're mm-hmm. sending people out to different towns and cities and they're starting churches and it's very chaotic, you know, and, and somewhere along the way, the American church in the last 50 years took some really good business practices that helped develop and grow local churches to, to, for good purposes, to reach mm-hmm. more people with the good news of Jesus and maximize the impact that they could have. But if you look at the New Testament, That's really not what they're doing. They're not trying to grow one place big. They're trying to reach disciples, send out and send chaotically all over the place. You know, we use the analogy a lot of in in American church in the last 50 years, we're trying to build the biggest organization or organism we could. And if I asked you what the largest living organism in the world is, according to mass, you might say, oh, that's the blue whale. Or you might say that's the redwood tree in California, sequoias. Mm. But according to mass, now the largest living organism in the world is actually a fungus, but the largest living organism according to mass, for all you science people out there, is the aspen tree. Mm. The aspen tree 
is you can have an entire 5,000 square mile, like picture how big that is, 5,000 square mile forest mm. that operates as one living organism because the roots are interconnected and it's what's called a clonal colony, which they reproduce both from the seed and from the roots themselves. If you saw the movie Avatar and the interconnected tree system, mm -hmm. the whole concept for that came from James Cameron's wife is a big fan of aspen trees at one of their homes in Colorado. And But you can have this giant forest operating as one living organism because they're interconnected root system. And I would argue what you read in the New Testament or the Bible is the church looks more like the aspen tree than it does the sequoia or redwood tree. Mm. And while the good intentions of the American megachurch have led to significant impact, and I'm for all models and reaching anybody with the good news of Jesus, but I believe that if you really want to maximize that impact, you have to think about more of the forest and less about the individual tree. And so to, to grow the forest, you're going to need to grow individual leaders and spiritual leaders and disciple makers and missionaries. And, and so we have focused on a decentralized approach that intentionally empowers and raises people up. Because when you have enough leaders and worship pastors and disciple makers and all this stuff, you, it's easy. You just send them out to do it because they, mm. they want to do it already. And you're actually getting in their way if you don't. It seems risky sometimes though that model because you oh, sure. give away some of your your best people <laughs> that attend Carmel campus to start this new one in Anderson or Northwest or all these other different independent churches as well. So that almost it seems risky. And we've had to yeah. walk through a whole lot of hard, messy conversations about the liability and the different churches that are going to assume those liabilities and, you know. For those who are listening in, in the business world, you can understand the functionality of, of all of that. Imagine that instead of franchising something that you control, you're giving up control and sharing your brand and everything mm. in all these different areas. I don't like to think of those business terms with the church because I think we're under a, a different mentality in that we are we are called to do that. Like that's that's our mm -hmm. purpose is to reach, to maximize the reach. And I think you can maximize the reach by focusing on the forest, as I said, and not the tree. And, and that means that we're going to have to enable the people in our churches. And that decentralized approach means we have to, we have to give up control of a lot of stuff. Mm. It's not easy. It's hard, but it's worth it. We say that in other areas of the Christian life, hey, it's, it's hard to live as a Christian in the dating world and, and live in a way that honors God. But just because it's hard, it doesn't mean you don't do it. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, we should apply that same thing to our churches and the mentality of our theology of church. Mm -hmm. And so that's the approach we've taken. I've found that the people that share the most opportunities with emerging leaders or are able to define the skill sets and the abilities and the strengths of other people have had to learn about where to find opportunity themselves. So walk listeners through your own personal, professional development from where you came from to how in the world you've gotten to this point where you're interested in sending out leaders to different areas of Indiana and giving away your resources yeah. like that? Well, one, you know, I got super lucky. I didn't know anything about church ministry. I never thought I would be a pastor. And when I came to faith, I went to seminary largely because I had spiritual questions of my own. And, you know, I came from more of an academic background and wanted answers. And so 
I found that. And while I was in seminary, I began working. I got connected to a, a fantastic church. It was a, a large megachurch in Southern California, one of the first megachurches there that did not operate like a, a traditional megachurch in the sense of they, they probably needed to be more corporate in some ways. The leader was just a, rather than being a, a typical CEO type, was a, a, a mentor and encourager of young leaders. And he was mm. phenomenal with me, became my mentor for seven years while I was there. I led a young adult ministry that, that grew and we were able to see, a, you know, hundreds of young adults come to Christ and be baptized and make impact. And then I, I thought I would be there in that place forever. And we had been trying to purchase a home. If you're here and you're trying to purchase a home, you're like, prices are so high. I can't believe. Well, we, we had experienced that. And then in 2008, the economy tanked and we, for two years, should have been able to buy a house. And we put in 40 some different offers and we missed every single one. Multiple times we were the highest offer. Wow. <laughs> it was just like so frustrating. You talk about being stuck. It's like, God, what, what are you doing? Why mm -hmm. am I going through this? Like, we just want a place to live. We had a child and we were living in a 600 square foot back house with one bedroom. And it was, it was very tight. And, you know, through all of that, we, you know, just finally, I prayed this dangerous prayer after being at this conference and hearing a pastor speak about God, if you're trying to tell us something, if you're this two years of not being able to plant roots like we want to, it's because, because you have something else. Mm. We want to be in the center of your will. We'll do we'll, we, that dangerous prayer, man. You, you want me to go overseas? Like literally I prayed that. You want me to go overseas? You want me to go somewhere? I'll do whatever you want me to do. And in that moment, I got a burden for three friends of mine from high school that I was going to spend my whole life telling people about Christ. And I didn't know where these three friends stood spiritually. And I just began to get a burden that, man, I would love to, to, to focus on those three friends. Mm. And out of that, in that moment of prayer, God said, I know this is crazy. I've never, ever heard the audible voice of the Lord. And I didn't in that moment. I didn't see an angel. I didn't, but I knew God was speaking to me in a way I had. Had never experienced in my life, moved to Indiana, started church, and those three friends of mine from high school that I didn't know where they were at spiritually would help me. And all of it happened. Within six months of that prayer, I was living in Indiana. I sent, with my wife and son, I sent an email to 40 people, hey, you want to help us start a church? And all of them said no, except for those three friends of mine from high school, <laughs> which really freaked me out because I didn't even notice at first because I was so mad that these 37 other people said no. Right. And, you know, my wife was pointed out, you know, God has told you those were the three people that were going to help you. One wasn't a Christian. One had just gone through a rough breakup and had been working for entertainment tonight in Southern California. And he moved back. The other guy became a Christian. My friend got rebaptized. The other friend actually came up with the name Mercy Road. I knew that. So all that to say in that moment of just going, where are you, God, to, to, to over that two years, having him develop my faith in a way where I was willing to do what he was going to call us to do. We had been saving money all that time to buy a house. And we ended up realizing God had had us saving that money, not to buy a house in California, but to be able to afford to move to Indiana and do all this crazy stuff on a mm. lower salary. And so anyway, all that happened and that's how we ended up here. That was the journey of ending up in Indiana. What do you think might've been something mindset or something that might've prevented all of that a temptation oh, I, or something along those lines? 
Well, and remember, you know, I worked with 18 to 35 year olds for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, you know, even the younger generations now have so much pressure to, you, man, if you make a wrong decision, you're going to mess your whole life up. <laughs> and you, you know, you went, you got the wrong degree and you uh. don't have the right career and you're going to, you know, one decision, everything's, and I, you know, you're going to have mm -hmm. all kinds of growth over time that I've seen. And the big mindset that I felt like I wouldn't have, had I not been over those two years, gotten to the place to be open to, I don't care what the finances look like. I don't care what, you know, our situation looks like as a family. I don't care what the job, I just want to do what you want me to do, Lord. That took two years to develop in me. I wouldn't have been ready had he laid that on, you know, our heart and mind sooner. Mm. And, um, yeah, so so getting rid of that mentality that I have to have this career line, finances lined up and for for listeners that aren't pastors like career lined up, I have to have like where am I going to live lined up? I'm going to have to have, you know, every little detail. Like sometimes God doesn't give you the details after until after you started the journey, and that's the the hard part of life sometimes. Mm, yeah, you didn't have the answers, but you knew that there was something that needed to change when you were feeling yes. stuck in that moment. And it, yep. if you needed the answers in order to change something, it, it would never have <laughs> never have happened. No, and, and that's a good way of saying that too. I think you know change is always always hard. Now for some of the ADD listeners, you may like change all the time. I have a lot of friends in that category, but even even law, but long-term change, even for that person is hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't like to change because it means we have to transform things in our lives. And, you know, the, that is part of, if we're looking at it from a spiritual perspective, which as a pastor, obviously I am, that, that is the most important part of the journey mm. is is transforming over, over our lives to become more like Jesus intends us to be. So along those lines, is that the same sort of advice that you might have given a 20 something year old Josh, or is there something else that looking Ooh. back, you're like, oh man, I wish I would have known this for, for creating future opportunities or starting down this, yeah. this path. Well, it's funny. Well, I, I, here's my thing too. We tend to lump, Hey, like, you know, 18 to 35 year olds or 20 year olds into this one category, but the truth <laughs> is. When I was 20, I was very different than I was at 29. And yeah. if we're talking to 20 year old Josh, it's like, hey, can you just get up before 11 a.m. and like actually make breakfast? You know, that's <laughs> like the 20 year olds listening, you're probably way beyond where I was. But to, to all of the 20 somethings in general, because I think once you get into that mid 20s mm -hmm. phase where you're trying to figure out career and other things and your mentality has changed, you know, the, the, the big lesson I guess I could go back and and tell myself is, you know, I wanted to ha have all of the answers figured out. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, I can remember even being 25, I wasn't married and wasn't sure where that was going to go. I wasn't sure what my long-term career would be. I was still thinking about going back to law school and other things and had it, you know, I really gone, okay. I, I got this great lesson from someone a generation older than me once. He said, Josh, you need to figure out the things that you need to figure out today. The things that really impact you today. Mm. But the things that are for the future, you don't have to figure those things out yet. Mm. And you can give God time to figure those things out. And, you know, I remember hearing that in my mid-20s and it really sunk in that 
I didn't need to worry. I needed to make decisions on the stuff that was in my life today to stop delaying, to make choices and direction. But the things that I couldn't figure out yet that were for down the road, what my long-term career was, what the family or the person I was going to marry or any of that kind of stuff, you know, I needed to just let God figure that out. Mm. I met my wife in TJ Maxx in line. You know, I couldn't have planned that, you know, but God, God knew that was always going to occur. And, you know, and when we try and control our futures, I mean, even I came to the realization early on, you know, if God doesn't want me to get married, if God wants me to do a career that I didn't have planned, if I'm a follower of him, I need to just be okay, God, cool, whatever, you know, better than I do. Mm. And that is a hard mindset to have particularly when you're told by the world every day in your 20s, you better get these things figured out or you're going to screw your life up. And that's just not true. Your character is way more important than your ambitions. Mm. I always come back to, I I think I've had a similar lesson in these later 20s that you were given in in Psalm 138.8. It says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. I'm not going to fulfill it. It's not up to me to have to worry about all these things in the future. The Lord's going to do the work and fulfill his purpose for me. I'm not fulfilling my purpose for him. That's so good, man. And so, That's so good. That's it, a way just... more spiritual way to say what I said. <laughs> well, you know, which is good because my listeners are probably all like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad one of us quoted scripture. That was great. But uh, Psalm 138. I got to remember that. 138.8. Yep. And, okay. and so you, but what you were given as that advice is your job is to just be faithful to what's in front of you right now and take the opportunities and the things that are right in front of you instead of having to really strive for some outcome that honestly may or may not come. You wouldn't know what Mercy Road looked like. Like today is probably so different from what you thought it would be back when you started messaging these these three friends absolutely but it's just the the everyday decisions the everyday opportunities and being faithful to whatever the lord has put in front of you and same thing with meeting your wife i mean tj maxx you you're just faithful to that that attraction right then in that moment right, <laughs> and taking right, the next right. step right <laughs> yeah we and it was weird we found out in line that we both were christians and it it, it uh you know, we'd started a conversation, but we didn't reconnect to like a month later on MySpace, which I don't <laughs> even know if you or your listeners know what that is. I had, so, I had a MySpace. It was a middle school okay, thing for me. Go. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was back when you had to make sure that your, your song encapsulated a message to whoever it is your, your crush was. That's, that's what okay. I was doing on MySpace. Well, um, yeah. And I look back at that, that season too. And, you know, people always tell you life is short. And it is, it, man, I'll tell you, just every year it seems to go faster and faster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody ever tells you the other side of that coin is life is also long. Like, you have lots of opportunities to make mistakes and make changes and discover who God wired you and created you to be mm-hmm. and to figure out your, you know, calling and like how to live. And, you know, they always use the exam- example, Colonel Sanders, right, didn't start KFC until he was in his 70s. Like mm-hmm. you have, life is long in some ways. And I look at, had even a decade ago, you brought up, had I, I this, what Mercy Road became, I would never have thought that would occur. I, I didn't, I didn't have any, idea. I was just trying to plant a church that reached people. And I was focused really on reaching unchurched young people. And hopefully it, it got enough that we could afford to survive, right? Like 
that was pretty much it. And like to see what God, you know, has done over the years, the 11 plus years, it's been incredible. And if you would have told me 12 years ago, hey, this is what you have to do, you know, start this and, you know, it's going to grow and you're going to start more services and building and you're going to figure out how to mm -hmm. resource, you know, over a hundred different outposts on mission all over the city. Like I'd have been like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, so, Don't sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy. I don't even want to do that. But over the long part of life, you know, God develops you and mm. brings people alongside you that can help us grow, help me grow for sure. Well, Josh, what are you learning about right now that applies to opportunities? Yeah, well, you know, I think that we're talking about change and transformation and growth and, and all of that. That stuff never changes. You know, mm. I'm in my early 40s now. And my thing is, I got three kids. One of them is a teenager now. And I, you know, have just been winging the dad thing for a long time. And I've just been reading this great book by John Tyson called mm. Intentional Father. And it's so good, dude. For, yeah. for me right now, that's where God is growing me for intentionality of disciple making for our kids. You know, I think it's something that I've had a desire for for years and like many things got put on the back burner. But that is, you know, I, I feel like that growth, being open to growing into the person that God wants you to be. And here's the other thing too, in our world with YouTube and social media, Instagram, like you can find content for any idea and you take the craziest content in the world and put it next to tried and true, you know, scientific or historically accepted content, and they will be put on the same playing field and be leveled the same, you know, the same opportunity to be true or not. And it's just a dangerous thing that I see. And yeah. what you allow in, what you fill your mind with it is going to, so if you're here and you're listening to this and you're a Christian, if you want to make God godly decisions on the opportunities you have in front to transform and to grow into the person God wants you to be, well, then you got to be filling your life with that content. And if you're filling your life with all kinds of other content, mm. and look, I'm not telling you don't watch non-Christian movies or don't listen to non-Christian music. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like other ideologies and theologies and filling your head mainly with politics first rather than mm -hmm. what God desires. Like you're going to miss the life that God wants for you. And I wish right now I had visuals so I could show you my hands, how important this is. <laughs> I they really are, they are very active listener. These hands of Josh. Oh, they... <laughs> dude, this is a YouTube generation, man. And like, we don't go to anywhere but YouTube for content and you can find some stuff out there that I feel like is very dangerous to mm. your your growth and transformation as the Imago Day becoming an in, image bearer of Jesus. And it so doesn't that. necessarily match, depending on who you are, what you actually value and care about in the long term. I mean, opportunity is a formational thing. And absolutely every activity, yeah. everything that we watch, all content is formational. Whether we believe that or not, like that's just the reality. Everything that we intake ends up forming us. The actions yep. that we do eventually will create a person, whether we like that person or not is, you know. Yeah, I think it was Aristotle. I, you know, I was getting him and Plato confused, but one of them <laughs> said that any conversation you have with someone else that the two of you in, innately are gonna draw at least somewhat closer together. Now that's hard for us to imagine in social media where we're, you know, so diverse, separating mm. ourselves angry at the other camp. But the reality I found is true that when you truly listen to someone else, 
you're going to draw someone closer. That's really good for reconciliation and mm-hmm. healing relationships. But when it comes to following after God, if you're, if you're constantly filling yourself with content that is contrary to God's purposes for your life, yeah, man, it's going to transform you in an opposite direction. Yeah. I mean, a real opportunity is like I always say, it's been options and values come together. That's when you have an opportunity. Other things might not match your values. And then they're just an option. They're not an opportunity for you actually. And, And so you have to be thinking about, well, what are the actions that I'm taking, the next steps that I'm faithful to today, does that match what I actually value and care about? Because it's going to form something for me that might actually be more just like an option of who I might be becoming instead of the person that I actually am wanting to be or was created to be. So Uh, it's so good, man. I love that. I hope you recorded that part because that's powerful. <laughs> I'm recording it all. <laughs> it's a fun conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, what else? Just thing else? Questions that you wish I would have asked you or things? I do. About I do have. You know, I think one more thing. I, I've, for for me, if you're looking at like, hey, if I'm in this period where I'm trying to figure out what God is wanting me to do next, I I meet with people all the time. That's their thing. And it, it's, I'll be honest. Sometimes it takes years mm-hmm. to get those those answers like theologians have referred to that as the dark night of the soul when you, you know god is intentionally not communicating mm-hmm. with you cuz he's trying to help you grow into the person that will be ready for that message but you know i think in general in that waiting period you you don't have to wait to do certain things like if you have mm-hmm. opportunities right now to to be used you know again as a pastor so i'm thinking with that lens to be used by God, you know, to help people in need, to further the kingdom work, like then, then do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to figure out, is this a long-term career move, right? Like just going and feeding the homeless doesn't have to be an ambition that for your future pursuits, it can just be the good thing to do that's right in front of you today. Mm. As a Christian, at least, I don't, if you don't know your specific calling in this season of your life, you always know your general calling, which is to help those in need and proclaim our faith, that twofold mission that every believer is called to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the three different types of calling that your vocational calling is the one that we usually think about of like, okay, what yes. does God want me to do, you know, for my long-term future, for my career, for all these sort of things. But we have a universal calling, which is to become closer to Christ and more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And then your daily calling, which is just the things that are right in front of you today that need to be done. Maybe the the pipe burst, you know, you better <laughs> figure out that daily calling before you figure out your vocational calling. That's way more right. important <laughs> for today. Dude, I want to go clean my house now. You just gave me encouragement to focus on the daily. That's good. So, so listener, yeah, I, I get stuck with that all, all the time. I mean, my own calling, it changes over time, vocational and calling for ministry and what that looks like right now and how I participate in that is just different for the season that I'm in than what I would have imagined when I was in sixth grade. Uh, when and that just means that I'm going to be the, you know, a head pastor and go through these like certain steps. So yep. there's flexibility with this. You don't have to have it all figured out, but just take the next step. Before. At all, man. And like, can I just add this? So I love this story. I, I had a roommate in seminary in grad school. So named Andy and Andy went to an undergrad school as an engineer. Uh, or no, sorry, not as an engineer in a liberal arts degree. And then he went to seminary to be a pastor, 
realized after a two-year master's degree that he didn't see himself going into vocational ministry as a pastor. He instead went back to undergrad at a different undergrad. He's now married, and he restarted an undergrad program, got a new four-year degree in engineering, went on to grad school, ended up getting, I believe, a PhD in some type of engineering field. So the guy's been in school forever, but today he's doing fantastic as an engineer, leading a whole part of an organization. And like, you know, he could not have seen that crazy roundabout Mm. timeline that literally took him all over the country, by the way. But in the end, led him to the place that now he knows he was intended to be and has been for many years. Right. And doing pastoral work just in a, you know, as an engineer. Absolutely. Uh, And God gave him those experiences for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, Josh, thank you so much just for, for chatting with me. I really appreciate you, man. And yeah. just if, if you need anything or just let me know, I'm sure I'll be running into you in the hallways. Love it, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great. All right. And listener, thank you. Join us next time. We're going to continue to help you get unstuck so that you can start creating your future. Suppose you enjoyed today's episode of the Learned Opportunity Podcast and you want to help create hundreds of opportunities for emerging leaders. In that case, there are a couple of ways that you can support this mission. One, you can make sure to follow or subscribe to the Learned Opportunity Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews with thought leaders, experts, and other emerging leaders like yourself. Two, you could leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, and that really helps more emerging leaders discover the show. And third, you could share this episode with someone you want to help get unstuck so that they can start creating more opportunities in their personal and professional lives. So as always, I love to hear from you. Reach out to me if you'd like. You can send me a message on Instagram at DJECCLES, or you can send me an email at Daniel at learnedopportunity.com.